welcome to episode 72 of The Roundtable. I'm Jenny Walker, the social media ministry leader here at Life Church, and this is our lead pastor, Mike Hill. Or just Mike. She didn't laugh. <laughs> I didn't laugh, and I said the correct thing, and he still has to say, just Mike. Yeah. Yeah, and don't you, think, don't you think it's weird like that? I think it's weird when people call me pastor. I didn't say pastor. I did know I? you didn't. Wait, idiots. did I? You called pastor. me the lead I didn't say pastor. pastor Mike. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. I'm oh. really good with just Mike. I will never call you Pastor Mike. <laughs> so just know that. Never will I ever. Oh. Yeah. There, yes. No. And our special guest, Keely Oswald, who is now our youth leader for Ooh, the nice life students, the high school. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Well, Super Jenny, exciting. you got to address, so if you're listening, we got to address like the why you're made up like this. Oh, right? we have like to? Yeah, yes. We I just don't walk around like this like normal? No, no I mean, because <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's cool anyway. Yeah. I think you should talk about what uh-huh. you're doing and why you're, I don't say you're dressed up because you always look nice. Yeah. I'm just saying you like you're special. Like <laughs> huh? What'd no. you say? I said he said he looks, I look like crap all the time. No. I know, I know that's not what you No, meant. but again, this is a little more than normal. Right, right, right. right. The yeah. hat, the, the whole, hat. like, yeah. 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 So, um, I know, did you read my shirt, though? No, it I can't, because you're um, Hold on, I forgot what it says. <laughs> Normalize uh, being sober. Normalize being sober. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so tonight I am the keynote speaker for Place of Grace. Yay. Yeah. So there will be um, a couple of, I think people that are still in the program and then me. So the graduate, uh, I graduated in 2020, which yeah. is crazy to think about. Yeah. Awesome. And a lot's happened since then. And a lot's been keeping me from today. Yeah. And, and I let's know. just go, let's go back to, yeah. remember when we talked about like write down answered prayers? Yeah. So if you remember two years ago when we started the podcast, Jenny said yeah. right from the beginning, one of the reasons that I want to do this is because someday I want to speak yeah. to yeah. people that will give me the ability to take my story and transform the lives of people. So God answers prayers. That's right. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And let, but let's be also, because I think this is the other point is you've shared throughout this whole journey though of how Satan has tried to make it so you couldn't. Right. Right, to mm-hmm. take your voice, yeah. you know, in multiple mm-hmm. different ways. Yeah. Today's a huge celebration of, yeah. I, again, victory, mm-hmm. right? And I think yeah. people need to see that because it wasn't an easy transition. As soon as you said it, yeah. The attacks came right. and the attacks are still coming, mm-hmm. but you're celebrating a victory because you are doing it. Right. And, you know, he cannot keep your voice. Right. Yeah. Temptations so. only last for so long. Yeah. So but good it, for you. Yeah. I'm excited for yeah. you. That's it's just awesome. amazing that like when you do step out, I don't know, in faith, like you feel like you heard from God, then it just really makes him mad, Satan mad. Right. And that's what I noticed like this week when I had a problem and I responded went away that I thought I needed to because of um, just, I felt like God was speaking to me to tell it. And then immediately, okay, not immediately, but like, feels like it. quick yeah. was the worst week that I've had in a long time. Right. Right. And I think that's why, you know, when we were trying to debate what series to do next, like what is it that's going to happen? I said, as soon as we saw Baptism Sunday, I said, it's a for sure we're doing spiritual yeah. warfare. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because I said, I don't know that people completely get the whole like no. what's going on. And not only did they not get it, I don't know that they know how to fight it. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And I think mm-hmm. that the big piece is one is an awareness. Right. Like this is what really happens and this is what's really going on. But then also what's in your 
what's in your tool bag, mm-hmm. right, to be yeah. able to to battle against mm-hmm. it. And so I'm really excited. I mean, we finish up the church defined this week, and mm-hmm. then we start the next week after that. We're going to be starting the spiritual warfare. And I yeah. think for all of us, yeah. it's it's a good thing to remember because, you know, one when we're aware of it it also makes us aware of the authority we've been given exactly. over it, mm-hmm. right? right? So there's that balance, yeah. you know, in between, so. Right, like if this would have happened to me a couple yeah. of years ago, I, I mean, I would have known that it was spiritual warfare, but I wouldn't have been so confident that I was going to get through it mm-hmm. because right. I knew what was going on wasn't going to last, like it sucked, but I had thoughts that I shouldn't have had, but I still knew it was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I think people, especially the ones that got baptized, need to know because in the beginning of my walk with God, when that would happen, I would easily cave oh, back to does. the old life, right. not realizing what it is. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, because Satan, again, being that he is a liar, the first thing that he tries to do is condemn you again and yeah. make you feel like you're unworthy and make you feel like a loser yeah. and then just push you down, you know, mm-hmm. instead of being an overcomer and the understanding that that that's what he's given us is right. that we're all, we've all agreed that we all fall short and we're all going to make mistakes and you know, mm-hmm. that, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I wanted to make sure people knew they could be praying for you. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just cool that you fought through, yeah. you know, it's so, so proud of you. Thank You've you. had a incredible journey and you have an incredible story. And again, I tell people all the time, I talk about you all the time. You too. I really do. I really do. <laughs> oh, I'm like, you. no, I'm really serious. I'm like, you want, you want to look at somebody that has been on the journey and fought the fight. Yeah. Right. To navigate not only like personal, like working through personal issues, mm-hmm. but really finding who you truly are that drugs and other people covered up for so long. Yeah. You've allowed God, you've done some of the hard work. Yeah. Right. That it takes mm-hmm. to be able to get there. And so yeah. every day that I see you and the work that you do here and every day that I see you as a part of, you know, what's going on, I'm just mm-hmm. like in awe of what God has done in your life. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. Well, and, thank you. you know, it is true though. <laughs> yeah. And no, it's, it's just exciting. It's amazing that like you are never completely going to be good. Like I find new things about myself, about um, just my walk with God every day, like things being unrevealed or revealed, yeah. but I don't know. But yeah. that's the process, mm-hmm. right? Like part of the process of being open to what I call out working your salvation and fear and trembling right. is you got to be open to mm-hmm. be broken. Right. And that's right. everyone. Everyone right. has those oh, problems. Yeah. Right. And you got to just recognize because pride becomes before the fall. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when you're pride, when you have pride in your life, you're like, nothing's ever wrong and nothing's ever a problem. And I got every, you know, yes. Like, yeah. I think the thing that we miss is I don't think that God is mad when we say, man, I'm struggling no, or no, no. I'm having bad days or these thoughts that are going through my mind or I made a mistake. Like, mm-hmm. I don't ever believe that when I make a mistake, God's up there wanting to smack the crap he out of me. He already knew it was going to happen. Yeah. And yeah. That's what I would think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's as fathers and mothers, we have yeah. an expectation our kids are going to fail. Yeah. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. and so we got to make a decision. Are we going to welcome them back in? Are we going to hug them? We're going to hold them. We're going to walk with them. Or are we going to disown them? Exactly. You know, and so yeah. obviously a perfect father isn't going to disown us, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. in the midst of our mistakes. And yeah. so, you know, when people point out our failures, that's what I always tell them. Like, 
thanks. I already know. You don't have <laughs> yeah. to tell me. You know, I mean, yeah, I don't know if you're doing that to try to make me better, but it, mm-hmm. d- don't worry. I've already know. <laughs> yeah. I'm you know? fully aware. Yeah, I'm of fully this. aware yes. of who I'm not. But thanks right. for reminding me right. in the midst of that. So, Keely, huge story right for you. One, no, right. Like, what's cool is we've had Troy on here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, we've seen the one side of the dominator. Was it dominator? Just. Oh, was that know. his name? Was I don't the Dominator? Know, I always wanted to be Destroyer because Troy Destroyer. is in the middle of Destroyer, but he didn't oh. like that, so. <laughs> It's Destroyer Dominator. I don't know, but I really like saying it. Punisher. The Punisher. 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 That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Punisher. remember what it was. But <laughs> that was great. Either way, we've seen yes. the other side of it. Yeah. We've had Troy on her, but I think it's cool to, you know, talk about your story and what's going on. So tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about you, your life, your loves, your likes, things you're doing, and then we'll kind of go back and look at your... Okay. I love everything. <laughs> That's how I am. I Wait, like everything. are you an Enneagram 7? I don't know. I think you are. I think you are. I don't I do. know anything about them, but people always say, like, what are you? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, no, I, yeah, I love everything. Anything outdoors, like hiking and, mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, we have to hike. Mm-hmm. Rayanne is ready. <laughs> yes. to hike. Um, just being with my people. Like, okay. that is what fills my cup. And, uh, yeah, so that is... I, that's what we try to do. However, our life is just busy because we're, you know, moms and dads mm-hmm. and <laughs> all yeah. the things. So. And you have two jobs. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've always had two. <laughs> four jobs. Four. Oh, the mom. <laughs> a wife, a mom, a physical therapist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the youth leader at Life Church mm-hmm. for yeah. the senior high. Yep. Yeah. Lot, lots yeah. of stuff to juggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how he made me. That's how God made me. Like, I can't do one thing all the time. I get bored real easy. Yeah, so one of the things we love to do is always go back a little bit, learn a little bit about your, I say upbringing. That's probably not the right word. Kind of like your journey through life to kind of get a perspective of faith, where to come from, where you're at today. What Mm -hmm. has kind of shaped you so that other people that are listening get this perspective of where you're at today, what's kind of made you into the woman of God that you are today. So... Growing up, you're from Huntington. We are. Yeah, I grew mm-hmm. up around here. So tell us about your journey through your faith journey, your, you know, how were things with your parents, you know, how did that all go? Do you have siblings? I have a brother. Okay. Oh, you brother. do? Mm-hmm. Yep, I have an older brother. Um, he's awesome. We weren't friends growing up. We were, but, you know, <laughs> we were brothers and sisters growing up, but he's my best friend. Right. Um, yeah, so we grew up in a... Maybe unique because, like, we had one mom and one dad. Like, that's how we grew up. Right. And they were, like, the Brady Bunch. They loved each – they have other kids? I don't Brady know. Brady Bunch? They were good. Yeah. They, they yes, were like, like the Brady kids. Bunch. They, they were, were divorced like the- and remarried, but oh, that's, that's okay. What I oh, that's what I'm afraid of. No. <laughs> they, were, they, were, they were always together. The all-American um, family. Yeah, we did. Leave we it just to had Beaver. A boy. Leave it to Beaver. There we go. Okay. <laughs> so we did, yeah, a mom and dad, and that was our same people the whole time. There was a lot of, early in my life, a lot of abuse that happened um, at the hand of family. And so my dad became like the the buck stops here guy and wow. broke that cycle for our family. And wait, so, I'm conf- I'm confused. So abuse like outside of your family. It was like, within family from family members. Oh, okay. So, so, so that other, relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yep. other people extended family. Okay. Uh huh. So like he broke that cycle for our family and that wow. talking to him, like he's gone now, but talking to him, he knew he wasn't super strong in his faith as far as like, we're going to church, we're doing all these things, but he, he got it. Like he had wisdom that had to only be from God. Like he knew like my job here was to protect my family and fix things. Um, and then when that's good, I can go home. And so that's 
literally how he lived his life into his death. So, um, so, yeah, so growing up, was faith an important part of you guys' so life? We were bus kids. Like my brother you were and what? I. Bus kids. I don't know what you really call it, <laughs> but like, I don't know. A guy would drive around and pick you up from a house, your house in a bus. And my parents were never like, you can't do church, but they're like, we're just not going to be a part of it. Because, oh, you would go to church that way. Yeah, the people okay. would come and pick you up on a bus and you'd go to church. And is there still a bus that picks kids up? I Some hope places. so. Yeah, I hope so because without it, we would not have the foundation that we do. We would have a lot of knowledge, just not knowing that it's it's godly wisdom. And so, um, yeah, my dad would just say that the people who caused abuse in our family were pillars in their church. And so because of that, church to him was wow. just anybody can do one thing and you what? know live what? one life. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> what? So I got like two big questions, okay. right? So you're saying people who were abu- abusive, mm-hmm. right, were pillars in their church. Deacon in their church. How does that wow. happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how does that happen? <laughs> no, I'm like, I'm serious. So how does it happen that? People are raised up inside of a church to like the church not know these people. I this is like I would hope that I mean they're your they're your like leaders in your church, but I don't know. Okay. I was a kid, so I guess I don't know and I shouldn't speak of it. I just think that people can live two lives. And no, and the can. only reason I brought it up is I honestly think it's not I mean, I think it's interesting how many people inside of leadership where, you know, we had a story of a guy that um, he was going to a church, had an incident with the youth kid. The board got together. This guy was a well-known, you know, person and personality mm-hmm. in the community. So they kind of swept it under the rug. Yes. Ten years later, he's on the news, mm-hmm. you know, for the same things. Yeah. And why Why would a church cover it up? I guess that's the point yeah. I've always... Yeah, that Maybe could they be a, don't know. Yeah, that I, could be a whole other subject. Yeah. Yeah, I'm old, so that was a long time ago. So I maybe <laughs> just forgot some of the details. But I think people can't live too... Like, I think... You let people know what you let people know. Yeah. Yeah. So so. here, so here's my other question. Cause I'm, I always land on the side of like, what should the church do? What should the church not do? Yeah. So were you in relationship with anybody outside of your family that went to church? Mm, We rode the bus for a long time. Yeah. Without the, like without the bus, like forget the bus, like anybody that you, here's the thing I'm getting to. Like, I've always wondered like, why do they need a bus? Where's everybody else? Why didn't somebody pick you up to go to church? So growing up, I had my dad's mom was, um, alive, but his dad wasn't when we were born. Right. So like, but my grandma was just like a little kind of a hermit. Yeah. (laughs) We'd watch the bowls. (laughs) She'd make me fudge. But I mean, but she passed when we were, I was about 14 years old. That's when you kind of realize that grandma's not just there to take care of you and love you, you know, right. or spoil yeah. you, like that they have their own story. So there was no faith journey in that life that I would have experienced. But none of your friends um, at the I time? I mean, I'm saying like we were there like when we were, we were probably heading that way when we were eight, nine okay. years old. I mean, like that is how, that is the foundation of like my faith walk. And so, but getting to that place, the people in that church Tons of examples there. Yeah. Yeah. And all of them just loved you well. Like you saw Jesus in those people. And so mm. I don't think at eight, nine, I understood that, but that's right. definitely was the start and foundation. And my parents weren't like, we don't, we don't believe in God or we don't, it wasn't any of that. It was mm-hmm. just that you can, you can have all of that without having to be in a church body mm-hmm. or without having to be in a church. So, so you guys went to church, your parents didn't go to church. Mm-hmm. So did that go on forever? For a long time. Okay. Wow. Uh, for yeah, kind of forever. Like, um, in 2015, I was the children's director at another church, and we were having a Christmas 
program or whatever. And my boys were in it and Eli was a newsboy and he was so cute. I'm like, you need to come see. (laughs) That is what God used to bring them back to church. My mom's video will like pan the stage for the decor and over to my dad and then up at the ceiling and then back. And I'm like, what's going on? She said, I just wanted to prove the ceiling wouldn't fall in. So when you said that this weekend, I was like, oh, that's my family. So So they did that. And then our um, that's a long time. It's been a prayer our whole life that they would be in church and that would be part of their life. But also like you can only do what you're supposed to do, you know, like, so if we're planting the seeds and living by example, that's, that's what I'm called to do. So if that will eventually produce fruit in somebody and that's the prayer that's what it is but it's not yeah so let's yeah so let's go back because i think this is like for a lot of people i don't think that like your example would be example a lot of kids are going through today Mm -hmm. right so friends are experiencing faith or friends are going to church parents aren't going to church so when you went through middle school you're still in the bus ministry you're going to this Mm -hmm. church this church kind of took you in Mm -hmm. so faith was really important to you Mm -hmm. right so talk about how your faith was lived out? Was it hard when you couldn't go home and anybody help you? Like, how was that faith journey walking without having any support? And I say any. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's tons of support at home. It just doesn't look like what you expect yeah. a family to go on Sunday morning, yeah. you know? So, right. um, but it's what we knew. That's all we ever knew. So right. I just think like within that, I don't know how those people just loved us so well, but I mean, like they just took you under their wing. They would let us teach like they let me teach Sunday school when I was probably 13 years old. I wow. mean, it was just like they just they wanted to nurture your gifts and right. started a children's school. I mean, what I mean, whatever you felt God leading you to do, they were like, "Yeah, we got you." And right. we're going to try. <laughs> so, right. but it wasn't I don't think I have ever been one to like wrestle with God or wrestle with my faith until later. I'm like a child as far as my faith goes. It's like, "You tell me this is what the Bible tells me, that's what I believe." I don't I'm not a questioner like a lot of people. I don't have blind faith, but it's evident in my life often about, you know, maybe this is something you were, you were wrestling with on your own and like, here's my proof. So, hmm. and I, I have childlike faith. I hope I always do. Right. Yeah. And so then as you went through high school, did you meet Troy in high school? Nope. Nope. We, he did his high, uh, he mostly went to high school and I, <laughs> <He> mostly, <laughs> went to mostly. I remember I this know. part of yeah. the story. I don't remember I this do, part of the I story. Do. He mostly they, went to high school. Yeah. He showed up most days and then they passed him on to, he ended up going to the service. So, um, so they passed him on, but yeah, for me, it was just, um, high school was easy. I don't know. High school was easy for me. And I know that's not good to say cause it wasn't for a lot of people, but it was easy, easy in a way, like yeah. you didn't face many challenges. Easy, or? just like this is what I want to do, and I'm going to go after it. And so, so like no temptations, or like you didn't get like it didn't get negative. Like, I mean, not to the point where I'm like, oh, it stopped my life, or it it derailed the train, or um, I, no, we worked a job, you went to school, you did. I don't, I'm a boring kid. I'm a boring adult. Like I do. <laughs> no, I do. It sounds really nice to be boring. <laughs> no, but you're saying like again through that mm-hmm. you you were a believer. Right. You're essentially living out your faith. Trying to my the best. Be- yeah, to mm-hmm. the best of your ability, living out your faith, and didn't really run into lots of challenges in high school of living out your faith. I would think the only challenge would be um, probably dealing like I had. My dad had. This is the rules and it's black and white. There's no gray area. You just, this is the ex- expectation. You either live up to it or 
you're in trouble. Like right. that's how we grew up. That's what right. we knew. And so in that, it was very restrictive in what you would want to do, like go out with your friends or do whatever. So there was times you'd have to figure out, and how do I lie to dad to be able to do that? But other than that, like <laughs> mom would say it's fine. Dad would be like, no. So you just figured your way around it. And like there was a lot of growth in that regard, like just lying to get what you want. But still, it was just kind of like I've always just been like, this is what I want to do, and I'm going to go after it. And obviously, that doesn't always work. Yeah, but- so what was it that you wanted to do? Like, what drove um, you in high school? What um, did you want to do? What was push- What was the motivating factor for you in life? I am pretty sure at 14, I knew I wanted to go to Taylor University and study psychology. And what? so all of my work at went 14? towards that. Yeah. You have to to decide your life at 14. In eighth grade, they're like, no, they're like, set the trajectory of your high school career. They do make it seem like that. They do. And I was pretty certain that that was where I wanted to go. I don't know why. I don't remember why. But you went to Taylor? I did my first year. I went to Taylor. Wow. And we were in, there's like a no dance policy at Taylor at the time. It was in Fort Wayne. Like still? I don't know. I'm old. So this is a little bit ago. But at the time, you couldn't dance on their campus. And it was in Fort Wayne. (laughs) So we're in the gospel choir. Oh, that's choir. true. I forgot that Taylor <gasps> Fort Wayne. Yeah, oh my it gosh. was in Fort Wayne. So we're in the gospel choir and we're leading worship like as part of our class. And you can't stand still. I, I can't know. stand still when I sing. So you can't we're sway all like or anything. They stop service. Hold <gasps> us off the stage. I'm like, this is I'm paying a lot of money for this hip hop. Wait, so you're just standing there just like you yeah. can't even No, they do stopped that. service and they pulled the they pulled the choir off the stage and so I'm like oh, So my. that was the first indicator. Good job, Taylor University. Yeah. No <laughs> kidding. That's why this one four wine shut down. <laughs> and then at the first my very first class, he there was a professor sitting on a stool and he looked like kind of death. Like he looked like he was just a hundred years old. And he said, my name is, I won't say his name. My name is professor, whatever. And I fail 68% of my students. Like it was like prideful and it was old Testament. I'm like, I'm going to be one of those. 68. Oh my like, gosh. And I thought, I just, I'm not cut out for this. So I didn't know. And so then from there I went to, um, IB tech for massage therapy. And I thought you have to kind of, we have a masseuse on our staff. (laughs) (laughs) What? It's too much work. Like you had to chase your money. And so I always tell my patients that ask like, how did I end up in therapy? I'm like, God just had to sit me there because I couldn't get it together. So (laughs) (laughs) it's just like, geez, Obeat, just go this direction. So I don't remember making the decision to go for therapy. I don't remember any of that. I just, that is how but you can out. still massage. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose if I had to. So, <laughs> no, I'm saying so. You, so you went from being a massage therapist to a physical therapist. Mm-hmm. I did about a maybe a year of that, and so some of those classes would transfer in for therapy. But wow. okay, yeah. So then, at what point does Troy get into the picture? Like, I so, maybe I missed this whole point when Troy uh, talked. No, no, that's the best part. No, he. Um, so I was going to school for therapy at that point and working at Scott's at Coventry. And I couldn't get my hours in there because you don't have school and all the other stuff and they weren't open very late. So then I started at Tumbleweed and just did both jobs and went to school. And he started at Tumbleweed did he tell his story? Troy was at yeah. Tumbleweed? No, yeah. he didn't yes, say he did. this. Yes, he did, okay. because it was the sushi place that is there now. Yeah. 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 Naked Chopsticks. Right, Naked Chopsticks. It used to be Tumbleweed. Yeah. And so, yeah, so he worked there because he needed a job. <laughs> so that's where I because met him. Because he worked, again, help me understand, he was in the military? He no. no, they broke him, his leg and knee or something. And so they sent oh, him home. Okay. Yeah, so he's out he, of the military mm-hmm. at this point. Okay. And he had found some trouble at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah right, right. Because he was on probation or house he had arrest some or something. Fees that he had to pay off. So he needed a job. And so he was there and he's the cutest boy washing dishes. Aww. And the first time I met him, I said, Hi, I'm Keely, because that's how my world is. And he said, Ugh. I guess. Uh. <laughs> 
was like, oh dang, okay, uh, I can totally uh, see that. Kiri. It was not even a Keely. I was like, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. So did, from that was, moment, did you I know? know right? <laughs> so he had the whole caveman thing clear back then. <laughs> so I think I was just too much brightness in his world right yeah. then. So, <laughs> so, but um, over time, then yeah, we just started dating and we worked there for a little while, and then he left there to go. Um, roofing for Sheriff Goslin. So, yeah. So let's talk because I don't know. Maybe we talked about it on his podcast, but I think it'd be good to hear from your perspective. Yeah. So here you are, strong faith, mm. bubbly, yeah, loving the Lord, and then you meet Troy, who I don't think, <laughs> I don't think that he said that he was like following no. Jesus at the no, time. No, right? no, he didn't. Like, he didn't. Wasn't yeah. a part no, of his he never journey, said that. No, right. So again, back to you're picking a man who's not a believer, yeah. right? So talk through that journey. Okay. Give all of these women out there that are in that, that are in that same spot sure. as you were. What's the advice? He was cute. So you're going to fight for him, right? Like that's <laughs> no, the no, bottom that was, line. I'm not so, saying my, yeah. that was, so how did you fight for him? Yeah. Like, what did that look like? Cause that couldn't have been, obviously you guys thought differently right. about things. So how did you mm-hmm. work through that? Because again, I think for a lot of young ladies today, they find themselves in the situation. He's a great guy. He's just missing yeah. Yeah. this mm-hmm. piece of it. And so a lot of people's advice would be dump him. He's not a Christian. Mm-hmm. Right? Why would you ever date? Why would you be, ever be unevenly yoked? But right. yeah. so here's a situation. So people are sitting there and like, but I love him. What am I supposed to do? So what are they yeah. supposed to do? Yeah, I don't know what they should do. Here's what we did. <laughs> I said, did you have hesitations, though? Like, no. in the beginning, never? I don't remember. There was an instance that he lied to me, and at that point I thought we were done because I, that's it. Like, that's the foundation, and if we don't have that, it's not worth it to me. But, um, yeah, it came around, and I said these. So we just said, like, this is my expectation. Like, I'm going to church, and I want you to go with me. It wasn't a force, like, you got to know. I don't know. It wasn't hard-nosed like that because that's not. That's not how Jesus is. He didn't. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to be like that. And so I just said, these are my expectations. Like, these are the goals in life that I'm working towards. And if you want to come alongside, I hope you do. Then let's go. It wasn't, I don't think I was a jerk about it. I think it was no, just I, the like, boundaries. I think that's yeah, really awesome. To. I just, we grew up knowing that, like, girls are prizes. Like, you're, you're a daughter of a king. Don't just settle. Like, and we, we grew up with convictions. And it was something that was talked about in our family. So... Um, even from my dad to me, it was, it was always talked about. And hmm. so, um, that wasn't foreign to me. It was foreign if somebody didn't honor that. And so right. if you couldn't honor that, you're not my person and right. that's okay with me. Like I, whatever, right. <laughs> we'll find another route. It doesn't yeah. matter. So. so Troy, like he works through the analogy we worked out yeah. earlier, right? So he yes. was a boy that decided to be a man because he honored your boundaries, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he probably always liked it, but he did. But I think that's the difference. That's Mm -hmm. what we were saying earlier, right? Like boys, you know, won't honor the boundaries. Mm -hmm. Men obviously don't like it. I mean, they're driven, you know, by their hormones. Mm -hmm. So obviously that's not going to be what they want. But a man will honor it. A man will respect his Mm -hmm. wife because she is a prize, because she is a queen, because she is, you know, all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. So again, as you go through this journey, what won him over? I mean, I, I know, know. The, I know the Lord. Yeah, I, like, that is get, all it could yeah. have been. No, I mean, I get that, but what was that transitional point? Like, yeah. what was the, for him, it was just that, like, he was just loved for him. Like, you don't have to. I don't know. I think that we always talk about how every. I think everybody just goes through their life trying to do their best, right? And like, mm-hmm. that's the lens that I see people through. And so, 
a lot of times we're just trying to do the best to fix something that we thought was broken before us or to fix something that we feel is a hole in us or around us. And so because of that, maybe the things that I was trying to do or fix or whatever fit the holes that he had. I don't know. Mm. But I just think like, I think every generation and every person tries to do better than what they knew or right. whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so God just aligned everything to work. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. So once you guys, again, Troy gives his life to Christ, you guys are now a team. So let's talk about this journey. Cause I think you've mm-hmm. had an interesting journey of like, you became a team, you went mm-hmm. to a church, you guys were doing ministry together. Like mm-hmm. talk a little bit about like following your passions. Where was he? Where were you? Yeah. You know? And so for you personally, how did that work? Because that's what I would hear. Right, that you guys kind of went at ministry as a team. Yeah, we That's still so cool. we still do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so he was serving as the worship leader at a church, and I was the children's ministry leader. So and were you attending this church for a long time, and then just yep. like you guys are awesome, we want you to do? It, yeah, since Cameron was our oldest is um, sixteen now. He was like six months at the time, wow. probably maybe a little younger than when we started. And I was like, we have to just find a home church because we had just kind of gone around to different churches, and so. We find a home church, and um, I don't I don't think you can attend a church and just sit there on a Sunday, and that's it. I don't think that's right. So I started serving right away wherever our kids lined up. So mm. if they were in the nursery, we were in the nursery. If they were in first grade, we were helping in first grade, whatever that looked like. And Troy was going through um, mixed martial arts at that time, and so he had— <laughs> He had a lot of fights that he won, which was amazing, but it tore his body up a lot. And so when he realized, like, we got to hang the hat up for that, like, it was a huge passion in his life that he was ridiculously good at. And so I knew it was going to leave a big hole. And he had mentioned a long time ago he wanted to learn a guitar. So I thought, I'll buy him a guitar and he can figure that world out. And so as that was happening, he was learning guitar through YouTube or wherever he was at. And, uh, they needed somebody to play guitar, haphazardly, wow. right? Mm. And so I continue, and they take me on to start a midweek program for um, kids, like whatever, nursery through sixth grade or fifth grade or something. And so I start doing that, and he starts on the worship team. No joke. Like, you know how broad Troy is, but he sat behind <laughs> this guy on a stairwell playing his guitar because he was terrified to be in front of people. Even though they just like fought half naked, but whatever. I know, right? I don't understand that, but I think the adrenaline helped there. And so he started from there and God grew him from there to, I mean, doing more and more and more until the kid who was leading worship at the time left to go to Duke and he took over. And so at that point, I had also consumed Sunday morning responsibilities for children. So you went from Wednesday night to Sunday. Mm -hmm. So now you both are. Yep. Working wow. for, employed for the church, yep. you know, and heading down this ministry road yep. together. So a couple things. So this has been a long journey for you, mm-hmm. right? So I think you said earlier, 15 years you were I, in mm-hmm. children's ministry. Um, probably about 12, 13, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Paid, long, I guess. For yeah. a long time. Right. Mm-hmm. And now are at life and you're working with, you know, youth kids now, but still even in the midst of that, you've been in children's ministry, mm-hmm. you've been helping out all over the place. So in those 20 years, you know, of working for church, working with kids, being around youth. What are some of the biggest takeaways? What are some of the biggest lessons? What are some of the, again, what are some of the biggest pitfalls? What are some of the greatest rewards? You know, maybe talk through that journey because I always tell people until you get on staff and work at a church, you don't really know, right? Until you do some of that stuff. And so talk about maybe some Mm -hmm. of the greatest pitfalls of working together, you know, in ministry or just in 
maybe just in children's and youth ministry in general and what are some of the greatest gifts and what have you learned, you know, through that process? I think a lot of what I learned is just, um, like you said, like we're still learning about like the things that we need to work on. And so Mm -hmm. it has grown me a lot as a person and a leader as far as just like, you got a lot of control issues. You got yeah. <laughs> so to like grow me from being like I'm just gonna this is the goal and I'm gonna go after it to figure out how to be um, how to be a team player and a team leader instead of just doing it all ourselves because that's easy. Like I could say Troy, I need, and he would do, or, right. or my dad was like, I need, and they would just do because I'm their person, and they would you know so they would go after that for me and um, to figuring out how to just humble yourself enough to realize that you weren't made for all that mm-hmm. <laughs> and that there's other people who have really good value and far more than I would in that regard. And so, um, just a lot of growth in me, but then also to see like the kids that have grown up with us and to see them now thriving or, um, doing some of their own ministries. It's, there's no greater reward than that, right. other than, you know, in ministry. And so, um, to see them take that on and, and go with it. So we just ended up at the Pioneer Festival and there's kids running around. They're not kids anymore. They're like big kids now. And so they're stopping just to give you hugs and tell you about their life and Mm. to see where they're at. And to know that God used you in any of their story is that's a huge blessing. Mm -hmm. So for me, that was um, a lot of the reward. I think a lot of the pitfall is that like we just really overcomplicate a lot of it. And Mm. so it's hard to look at it different and to just see that we just make it harder than it needs to be. Mm. Right. And so to come and scale back from that so that our high schoolers here can hopefully have um, just foundational relationships like we did growing up. Right. Because I know that that is a lot of where those seeds were planted and, um, and it's going home, you know, it's not, it's good. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. So my hope is that the kids here just know they're not kids. I know, but the students here just know um, that they're loved well, wherever they're at and that we can, we can show them Jesus just by what we do not reach at them. Like, I just want to be in relationship with them and not, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think is the biggest difference over 20 years of doing ministry with kids? What do you think the biggest difference in kids today are? Ooh, great question. Anything? Distraction. Distraction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Distraction yeah. and no family foundation. So going back to like the grandma, I mean, people, there used to be expectations set for kids because you're sitting around a table and yeah. you're taught. Your kids are taught and that isn't, they're probably still taught, but maybe more, um, I don't know. I think there's a lot more influence in their life and a lot more yeah. distractions in taught their life. culture. Mm-hmm. And even just, you know, maybe you're here one weekend and there's certain expectations and you're here one weekend and there isn't, or, you know, I just think that the demise of the family unit that Mm. we should, that we know it as, or have known it as, um, I think that's hard on kids because they, they want instructed. And so they're going to seek that somewhere and you seek it by what's in your face all the time. And it's not the instructions we probably want for our kids. So I would think that's one of the biggest demise and just the distraction because like, I always think back, there was something that was talking about how if I wanted to learn a recipe, I could just go to Google. If my mom wanted to, she would have to call her mom, you know, right. or her grandma yeah. or whatever. And I think right. that generational knowledge and wisdom isn't passed down anymore. And so yeah. Sunday when you're talking about, like, we're only one generation away from people not knowing Jesus, I'm yeah. like, yeah, you're one, you're just one family member away. Or maybe, you know, maybe that's all that holds. So I think the fact that kids don't even know the name of Jesus right now. It's terrifying. Yeah, it is terrifying. Mm-hmm. It's sad. Yeah, it's sad. and so do you think that, again, 
Is it hard for parents to limit distractions? I mean, because again, if you, distractions, I'm assuming there were distractions when we were kids, right? What were they? I don't know. That's, know. again, I'm just trying to work through this. Because yeah. one of the things that was brought up when we were talking through this are like, well, kids are way busier today. And I'm like, I don't know, man. No. I worked all the time. Yeah. When I was a kid, like I always had something going on. Outside. I don't remember not being yeah, busy, mm-hmm. you know, but it was so, purposeful probably when you were a kid, there was probably a purpose behind right. what you were doing. Okay. Um, and so the difference today would be is mindless. like they're busy, but it's something that's mindless. You say, mindless. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I would think, no, maybe not all of it, but I mean the vast majority. Well, maybe not for is, younger people. Cause it's not necessarily mindless because for them, they're learning everything. Yeah. They just consume it different than yeah. we did and they have availability different than we did. But I mean, but when we were kids, what we grew up doing was hanging out with your friends and getting in trouble because you weren't home when the streetlights came on. And mm-hmm. like, but you were with people all that, you know, you were with your friends all the time and the kids don't have, they just don't make that a point anymore. They don't FaceTime know them. the value of it. Yeah. Right. So this yeah. is, so, uh, what's today? Wednesday? What? Tuesday. 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 Anyway. So Monday, um, I got a load of firewood brought to the house, you know, because I got a wood burning fireplace in the house and I love that kind of stuff you know (laughs) I what would you say it's a lot of work it is a lot of work but it smells so good I grew up that way so I grew up cutting wood we burned wood like you know you canned food you kind of go like all of these things you did like we were a part of that we picked the garden we snap pea or green beans those are the best we did all of this stuff growing up like that was a part of our part of our busyness we were responsible to our family like there was there was a job to do you were going to be a part of it it didn't matter if you liked it or not Mm. yeah Uh, and it was so funny because that's kind of went away yes you know and and people have went to the easier way of doing life Mm -hmm. i guess if that's the right so the guy yesterday i'm saying hey you know pretty cool because this guy does it for a living it's all he does is deliver firewood cuts and delivers firewood has six kids supports his whole family wow i said well something has a lot changed since you know the last two years and he says oh yeah he's like right now i have 250 clients and he says what you're seeing is everybody reverting back to this idea that the simpler although harder lifestyle is one that's more attractive to what we succumb to which is the busyness rat race running all the time trying to get everything done and reverting back to i don't have any time to cut wood i don't have any time to can Mm -hmm. food i don't have any time and they're like i'm done with all of this yeah you know and so how much of a part this would be my question to you keely how much of a part do we as parents have to help get our kids less distracted and allow them to have a simpler life do we have any part of them living a distract like do we just let it happen because you know as parents sometimes i wonder if it's easier to just have your kids distracted because otherwise yeah. you got to do all this stuff with sure. them you know yeah do you but think, I think there's or- a huge i think there's a huge responsibility to help them through that because they don't know any different like right. that's all they see mm-hmm. right that's all that other that's all their parents are often doing you know so like the examples they have um what's normal you know everywhere else in school or whatnot that's that's it Troy will tell you that I think I had like a not a midlife crisis I hope it wasn't (laughs) midlife but we camped with our boys growing up because it it stripped you away from all the busyness and so we moved out to our house that we're at now and I'm like oh it's right by the river and there's trees and there's trails we don't have to camp like it's all in our backyard and then we didn't do it because there wasn't a way to like kind of get away 
And so I said, we need another camper, which she knows the trickle of now you need another truck and eat all the things. <laughs> and I don't all like that. So he was it. probably like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he bought me a camper and we took the boys back camping again because it, without, without stepping away from it, it is, it's just, it is easier. It yeah. is easier to allow that distraction and to just um, allow busyness and whatnot. And so. I tell everyone, and not everyone, because some people yell at me, but 2020 was my favorite year with my family. Yeah. Everything got stripped away, and all you had to do was hang out with your people and learn things. I'm like, yep, yeah. give me one of those every single year. Right. I would take a quarantine every I would year. Too. Yeah. Yep. We wrote yes. a book about the things we learned, and we built fireplaces. I mean, we did everything yeah, that so, we could. So weigh in on this, Jenny, mm-hmm. Nick, you know, yeah. Keely, get weigh in on this. So last night, we're driving home, and I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, whatever, right? Because I raised eight kids and we were busy all the time. We, our kids were in sports all the time. And Sarah was like, that's it. We're only going to let the kids be in one sport. They're not going to get to do multiple sports. We're going to make it so that we're home eating. We're going to do all of this again, right? Talking through this whole, and I'm like, I'm all in. But again, you, how, as parents, do we have that responsibility to say, we're limiting these stuff, although our kids want to do whatever they want? Yes. Because kids um, automatically are going to go berserk. Yes. Right? Like, if we say, nope, you're only going to do this, and we're going to be home every night, like, we're going to go back to this simpler lifestyle. Well, that, is that so much of a shift for most families that they'll never get there? I think if it didn't start there, it would be hard to get there, maybe. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Oh, listen. <laughs> Nick's turned around listen. because Nick's, Nick's I, living it right now. <laughs> I, no, I just think that we've gotten away from completely even parenting our kids. I think that the kids parent us. Well, not us because I'm not a parent. But, and but I'm saying this yeah. because there are children that are now allowed to make decisions on if they are a boy or a girl. Legally, they are allowed to do all of these things and it makes me so mad that have you can I interrupt you for yes. one second have you heard of things called fuzzies I knew that was what you were going to say I knew <laughs> I have never heard of this before no. but they said we're stu- at Sarah's are they furries are they furries, furries. maybe that's yeah. what it's called oh, I yes, don't know heard of honestly but <laughs> they seriously <laughs> at, at Manchester yeah right? so they're telling me that like these people walk around with cat ears yes and they yes and I'm like on a leash. And probably. you have to, yeah, you have to acknowledge them like, and you can't. So somebody doesn't punch him in the face? Because that's know. what would happen. I know. <laughs> I was like, I if know. there was a furry or <laughs> yeah. a fuzzy walking around Adam Central, <laughs> somebody would have decked him. <laughs> I mean, nobody's going around on a leash. Yes. Somebody to get their yep. head knocked off. They probably yes. Mm-hmm. No, so I know, but exactly like that. Yeah. You can be whatever you want to be. And the teachers, like when they go to school, they have to call you by what the, you say, no matter if you're yep. in first grade, kindergarten, what? if I say I'm a boy, you have to call me a boy. And you, you have, have to, have to illegally. Name and you have to, yeah. Illegally. Like, and there's a lot of places that are, if you call somebody by the wrong pronoun, then that is um, not harassment, but it's oh, something. Sure. Yeah. yeah, so we're giving a lot of control over. Yeah. You're giving all of the control over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kids shouldn't be able to choose if they're a boy right. or girl. Oh my gosh, like they think Santa Claus is real, you know what I mean? <laughs> you just really no, you oh, just oh, I'm sorry. For Can you edit that? All the young people podcast. Jenny I met the one at the mall. The mall one. <laughs> the, yeah, him. Jenny just broke He's it to He's not real. But Nick's living this life today. <laughs> yes. Right? So Nick, you have very athletic kids. 
I think, again, this is terrible, but I think they're involved in a lot of stuff, not a lot of stuff. Uh, How did you work through the decisions? How did you work through limiting kids, not limiting kids? How do you see it playing out? Because I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just trying to work through this because I was like, I love the idea of being home and sitting around a table and not having to go to everything. I mean, what do you think? Well, I mean, I think the hardest part was like, you know, you've always told your kids like, hey, you can be whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. how do you say you can be whatever you want without exploring it it Uh, or letting them do whatever they want? You know, and then you you look at, you know, sports wise, athletic wise, Mm -hmm. you know, Isaac with baseball, like if he really wanted to play high school when he was like eight or nine, we got to travel. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right. You don't you don't have a choice. Right. I mean, he was just tall and athletic to play basketball without doing travel with that. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I mean, how do you, where's that, where's that line of like, hey, I would have loved to be home every night. I would have loved to sit around the table. And like, I regret not doing that a lot of that. You know, Emma's in college now. And so we never Mm -hmm. see her. And then there's like a, there's like a little bit of regret there. But like, where's that line? Well, and I think that's an interesting view without getting into anybody's like personal life, but how much effect allowing, cause I'm not saying it's wrong, Nick. Cause right. I, I mean, we did the same thing. Like if our kids wanted to play sports, we let yeah. them play sports. And again, we had eight of them. So everybody was driving everybody everywhere. And mm-hmm. for a long time, you never sat around the table, which yeah. was the only thing I told Sherry. The one thing that I value the most in life is at one point, even if we have bologna sandwiches, I want to sit around the table. Mm. Like I want to see my kids. Exactly. I want to talk around. Mm-hmm. I don't care. You don't have to make a meal. Yeah. If we all just got bologna, that's I love bologna. perfectly fine. I love bologna too. <laughs> it's so good. But how much of an effect do you think that's having on the family unit with kids doing not your kids in general, but just kids in general by allowing them to be whatever they want to be. Mm. See, that's the part that I don't know. Because, okay. like, even though that we never sat around the table, I talked to Emma every day. Yeah. Like, so chat. it was still good for you. Yeah, she has. You so you could make it work. We got lucky. Yeah. 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 You have a really good relationship with Emma. Yeah, she's snapping me right now. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my, and so that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, I'm somewhere. Like, I don't think anything fits. I don't think any one thing fits all families, but I think that they're a techie family. So like that works for their world. Like it's just the intentionality behind it. Like, are you, are you intentional in your time on your way there or your way home? Are you, you know, it's just putting purpose behind what you're doing instead of just, this is what everyone else is doing. So that's what we're going to do. Right. But yeah, there are definitely people raising themselves and raising other people that shouldn't be. And yeah, it's just. And they're supported, like Jenny's saying, right? So they're supported inside of the school system to be okay with demanding their own way. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is, all the world is that way. Do you know what I mean? Don't you think like it's like doctor's offices are like that now too? The what? Doctor's offices. Mm -hmm. Hmm. You can rate your doctor before, like you can go on and see where your doctor rates before you even choose them as your doctor. Right. Like if you're not an A plus doctor, I mean, everything's consumerism like that. So. If we're not intentional to diffuse some of that, then. So is there a way, (laughs) is there a way we're talking about generation or one generation from having Mm -hmm. it all screwed up? Is there anything that we like, what can we be proactive in then? Because we've identified problems, right? There's Mm -hmm. problems in every generation and everything to do. What, what as parents or as people, what, what can we be proactive at? What, what are the things that we can work through to, not lose a generation of people. I mean, do you have thoughts on like some of those things? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that you you can't expect them 
to take away like the things that they are like social media, the internet, the tech stuff. Cause that, right. they've grown up with that. Right. We're never getting rid of that. Okay. So I think we should go into that and okay. do as much as possible. So it's being reached out there. So we're replacing the negative stuff. So we need to Snapchat our kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Do you Snapchat your nope. kids? Nope, because it's not, that's not my world. It's not what I know. And I'm like, it's going to take far more effort for me to do that and learn that <laughs> than to say, get over here. I want to talk to you. Well, Nick's a natural. Yeah, no, yes, and I, that's exactly. amazing. That's yeah, because that works for his family. Right. Like, yeah. that makes so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. yeah. He's great at it. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah. I just think you just have to get back to intentional relationships. I just think that without them, they don't know. I always like, you know, the thing that says, you know, what you are, you, what is the I, Y, K, what? If you know, you know, if you know, you know, I got you. I'm sure this says you don't know what you don't know. I got you. I knew I wasn't going to ask you, but Jenny will know. If you know, you know. I want one that says you don't know what you don't know, because that's, I just think. Dude, start it. We need to make a shirt like that, Nick. So I just think that people don't, you in all regards, like you don't, you don't know the week that you just had because you came in here with a smile on your face. And until you dig in to say, what, well, how was your week and right. get to know them and have those genuine relationships, it's just surface. And mm. then there is no intention and people float through life with mm. whatever, yeah. like no expectation because no one said it for them right. and they don't know they're missing it because no one ever gave them one. You know, it's just right. like a whole circle. I mean, exactly like that. Like I think like it, social media is a reel of the happy moments. So they're yeah. being taught that everything is yes, good. And, everything and is a highlight. that's why yeah. maybe it's hard for them to have personal relationships mm-hmm. because they're not used to being vulnerable yeah. and to cope with anything because you don't see any of that resolve on there. You only right. see the good. And yeah. Well, that's, it's funny you say that because that's what actually triggered the conversation last night about boys. Really? Uh-oh. So Kate on her phone has uh-huh. a picture of a boy on the back of it. A TikTok boy. Oh, my god! And I'm like, what the? <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, on the back of her phone? So she like turned taped? it off a picture. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. And so I wonder if I'm going to get in trouble for saying any of this stuff. <laughs> I don't know. But on the back <laughs> of it. And you and told then, her to those, watch the stuff. And those two girls were like, oh, yeah, TikTok boys are awesome. And I'm like, hmm. what the heck is a TikTok boy? <laughs> I wish I could have been a fly in that car. Yeah, like, the boys on TikTok, oh they gosh. are so good. And I'm like, really? They're like, so how good? do you know? Well, I mean, obviously. What they show of them. What they show right, of right, themselves right. is really good. And that's oh, what okay. started this whole conversation of, yeah, it's only what they show of themselves. Was steam like coming out your ears? Or <laughs> And then that whole persona, just what you said, you only see what you see. You only know what you know. So all that's, this is what they see and know. And then they carry all that over that expectation into real life people. Right. Right. Well, that's not even real. Like Mm -hmm. those things aren't even real. They, they spend forever trying to put together a TikTok and then get it the way they want it to be and present it. But then you go back to real life and you're like, it doesn't even make any sense. So that's when I said, okay, you want real advice on real men, Mm -hmm. right? Like that you're going to interact with at your school. Like this is. They listened. Do you think they heard you? I don't know. Yeah. Sarah said, <laughs> they, Sarah said they did. Like, uh-huh. I don't know. But the point was just what you, I thought yeah. that was interesting that you would like go on TikTok mm-hmm. and have some sort of like, oh, wow, look at this. That well, it's not even that. Me. Like, I mean, it's looking at other people like their life yeah. is awesome too, but then it's applying it back to yourself. I think that's one of the most unhealthy things mm-hmm. for this generation Comparison. too, yeah. is because they're seeing all this and then they're looking at their own life and, doesn't measure yeah, up. Yeah, because it's never going to measure up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
You don't see the other no, side. No, you don't see the other side. Yeah, so before we get into good, we got about 15 minutes left. So oh, before we have we, good questions. Yeah, so before we get into questions, um, and you can elaborate this as much as you want or don't. So you went through, I think, a couple challenging pieces, because this is the other piece, like bubbly, keely, everything's always good and awesome. But you went through a few challenges. You lost your dad. Yeah. You moved out of ministry, you know, for a little bit of while. So how did you navigate challenges and what effect did they have on your life? Um, so right before we lost my dad, six months earlier, we had lost, uh, my director at work and she mm. was, she was that person who set expectations for you and she expected certain things, but she walked the walk too. And she was my first real job. Like she was mm. my first real, um, we had Cameron and she came to my house to like our appraisal, like our year reviewer. I mean, like she just, mm. she just loved you well. Like yeah. she loved you very well. And so she passed unexpectedly. And then six months later to the day, my dad was gone. And so mm. we did that. And then there was new leadership at both of my jobs at the, you know, within the next couple of months. And right. then there was just a lot that happened in a really short amount of time. And it was um, probably the first time in life that I understood prayer. Like mm. I could pray for, uh, like I can do Thanksgiving. I can do intercessory. I can do all the things, but like to pray for myself, that just seems selfish to me. I mm. understand it isn't, but it's how it felt. Yeah. And uh, so it was the first time that I truly just, like it's yours. <laughs> right. Well, oh, I wasn't going to cry. I wasn't, I'm a crier. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Let it out, girl. So I was like, that was the first time I thought I prayed for cruise control. And so the joke now is that at the same time I'm praying for cruise control, God shut down the world. Mm. <laughs> and that, that's how tight Jesus and I are. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jeez, it's all your fault. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's good or bad, right? For us, it was good. And um, we needed that space to settle a little bit and then, um, come back into it. But I don't think any, I don't think any of it, if I'm walking with the Lord, well, that it should change who I am or right. who he made me to be. Right. Um, and if it does, then I'm not really fighting the fight I was made to right. fight. So, um, but you me, feel like it made you closer, oh, 100%. right? Like I've heard you talk about like part of that pushing into him at those times were like drew you into a deeper faith than what 100%. you had. percent. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you, the way you navigated the challenge was to push in. Yeah. Right. And try yeah. to, to understand more, yeah. you know, in that. And, and he I, showed up time and time again. Like, I think some people who are harder headed, so probably like everyone in this room will understand mm -hmm. this, like the harder or sterner of a person you are, like stubborn, driven, whatever people call you. Sometimes he puts really big roadblocks in your way because right. you can't see the little ones. <laughs> right. So, right. <laughs> so um, he yeah. would show up all the time in really big ways, like we lost my dad and um, we had to go to this half day of prayer because we were on staff and I was like kicking and screaming about the whole thing. So I thought who can pray for a whole half of a day right. and go through. And it was amazing. And the last um, thing that I had wrote, you had to write down prayers for yourself, which again was always hard for me. And so after I lost my dad and I came back, um, the first lesson that I was getting ready to teach our kids was on my prayer that he had answered to get my dad mm. back into wow. church and to, mm. or to get him in church at all and to get him serving and to get him to know who he was. And so like, I, he always shows up in really big ways to like validate, like, I've got you, right. <laughs> sit back, I've got mm -hmm. you. <laughs> right. You don't need to control everything. And so I'm not good at always learning that or knowing that I know it. I'm not always good in living that, but, um, but yeah, it's a lot of, he's taught a lot of humility and um, I needed it. So, but yeah, yeah. so it has been challenges, but he's ever faithful. But it's, but it's grew you deeper, uh -huh. right? So what you walked away with is a deeper yep. understanding and a deeper faith. And I think that's what we can all learn from is mm -hmm. this that challenges are always going to be there. Mm -hmm. and yeah. Roadblocks are always going to be there. And 
unknown circumstances and things we don't understand, but you chose to push into it. Now your faith is deeper and you're helping pass that on to other people. We always talk about he'll use your biggest hurt for your greatest, his greatest ministry. Like whatever he walks you through, we always, and our family, we always feel like those are the times that you should be growing in that, in that growth that he'll use you later in life. Like just like you're going to do a message. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Right. So. All right, Jenny, questions. Question time. Oh, question time. So everybody can take a break here now. Take Jenny about 10 minutes <laughs> to find well, all of the questions that she I'm, had on here. I know, I know. It's, I'm blaming <laughs> it on the Texan church. So Mike, be kind. Exactly. <laughs> See, the thing is, Jenny knows I love her. Yes, so I do. Exactly. Every time is. that I say these things, she knows yeah. I love her. <laughs> I just think it's funny. <laughs> I thought it happens every single time. Yeah, yeah. it's just, it's the, I it's love just me. your uniqueness. <laughs> we need to the greatest Thanks. thing about you. All right, question number one from Thaddeus Little. He wants to know, what is your favorite Bible verse or one of your favorites? Yeah, be still and know that I am God. Mm. And it just. That makes sense for you. Yeah, it filters through all of it. Just, yeah, yeah, just Good. to step back and humble myself and yeah, let him lead. All right, Karen Bennett wants to know, what was your most impactful thing that happened to you in high school that directed you toward what you are doing now in youth? I think the most impactful thing was just probably the people who came alongside of us to allow us to learn and grow and try our giftings. <laughs> I know that fly. I'm no, so she's mad. The it's the fly. She's I know. I know. going in my ear. Oh. <laughs> I'm like oh my it out We're over laughing here. because there's a fly attacking <laughs> Mike right now. I forget you had to explain it yet. I saw it out of my, know, the side like, of my eye. Touch me. I saw you do it once and then the second time I couldn't contain it. Because <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. He's the over there in the back. So ear. Ear. So the bus, I mean, the bus ministry and the investment, right? Yeah. Was something that was huge. Yeah, for like, sure. And, and mm-hmm. moving forward. Yeah. yeah. I think that's yeah. awesome. I know. All right. Tim Giannis. <laughs> I hate when I say his last name. <laughs> Keely's positivity in her faith is contagious. Does Keely have a favorite verse or Bible story to recommend to us that she goes to in order to stay as awesome as she is? Keely is the real deal. Yay, <laughs> Keely, so nice. the real Woo! deal. <laughs> the real deal. Um. Uh, yeah, I don't think that I would say I have a favorite Bible story or a Bible verse, but I will say that he meets me often mm-hmm. when I dig in because um, like with what I need in that season. So, um, yeah, I just think that his faithfulness as far as meeting me where I need to be met, humbling me where I need to be humbled um, with different things in those seasons that um, God's always been faithful in that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Tim. Awesome. We love you. I know. That was sweet, Tim. <laughs> All right. Next question. See, Tim would be the other guy that you never see stop smiling. Yeah. Yes. Right? Like, yeah. Right? Yeah. seems yeah. like he's like. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I know. Strumming with a yep. smile on We always talk yep. about how God put Tim in Troy's life in the perfect time. Yeah. He's the opposite of Troy in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. And so for Troy's dad to have just passed and him still have Tim. I mean, it's just, yeah, yeah God's sure. so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right, Zach Krieger, what did God say to you even? Dang it. We'll blame it on Zach. <laughs> what did God say to you to even consider taking on the position? Mm-hmm. Um, so we were mowing one day, and it's like had been this gentle nudge of like, you should probably help. You should probably <laughs> do what I need you to do. And I thought, I don't have time, and I just, I don't know about this. <laughs> so um, I think that he just lined certain things up to happen. 
I love all the middle schoolers here, but like middle schoolers. <laughs> so like when Sarah came on to help with that, um, that was a piece that I thought I'm not strong in. That's not something I would be um, effective in as much. And, um, and then the fact that it's always spoke of that on staff or anything at Life Church is follow the leading of the Lord and mm -hmm. we're behind you. Yeah. It's a big deal. And that's not always, that's not always the case in this position. And right. so um, that was very encouraging because I think that again, if I am sticking with that relationship and that strong and I'm following that, that there's not really anything that can stop us. And so I'm a firm believer that kids can completely change their family life, their dynamic and the world. Like I think that they're oh, yeah. far closer to God in a lot of ways than we are. Mm. And um, I think if they're empowered and educated enough that they're the ones you can send easier and they'll reach others easier because they don't have all the extra yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that we do. So when we talk about reach, teach and send, they're the people we should be working really hard at because right. yeah, just raise them well. Yeah. yeah. So good question. A good answer. All right. Your mother <laughs> would like to know of all of the jobs that she has right now, PTA, chocolatier, Sensi, distributor, HS leader, singer in Troy's band, <laughs> which is your favorite and why? Mm. Oh, mom. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, thank you. Thank you. They all are probably my favorite. Um, Good answer. And I know all the above. <laughs> yes. No. Um, we we try to use all of them as a mission field. No. So, like, regardless of how I'm serving the world that day, um, the catalyst I just want it to be. We're just bringing you Jesus in a different format, whether it's yummy chocolate or <laughs> we're helping I you like get better. So, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> all right, Adam Shoemaker says, yes, I've got one. Keely is my favorite thing about, or Keely, my Keely favorite. Keely is my favorite thing. <laughs> but I was reading that, I'm like, Adam, that is really creepy. <laughs> there goes my pen. All right, let's try this again. Keely, my favorite thing about you is your selflessness and your ability to love others unconditionally. My question is, what are some ways to show unfamiliar people the love of Jesus like you do? I, this is not going to be something everyone likes, but I'm a hugger. Like, Ooh, I, I like hugs. I thought in 2020, I was going to make a shirt that said I'm a hugger. So like, <laughs> because I just think that, um, the world needs more hugs, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. So like it baptism. Breaks barrier. Yeah, it, it does. does. It does. Yeah. It breaks a barrier. So baptism Sunday, it was a hard week for us to begin with. And somebody said, you can stand behind the curtain and do something. I'm like, I need that job. But you got to hug everybody who got baptized. I'm like, oh. Yeah. I was made for this. That's right. I remember you saying that. Yeah, I was so excited. So, um, so yeah. What is the question? No, so how do you, how do you love unfamiliar people? Yeah, and that's yeah. It. So, yeah, I you do. But also, like, the favorite, my favorite part of our therapy job is that you get to meet new people on, mm -hmm. on Rapid, right? Like, I get to and just hear their stories and where they're at. And um, so, like, my goal every day is to shine a little Jesus in their life. I'm like, <laughs> however, I don't know. Sometimes I probably say things I shouldn't, but... <laughs> <laughs> they might get me fired. I don't know. But, You're still there. I know. Like, it's 18 years. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, you can say whatever you want yeah. now. Okay. Your husband. What? Yeah, I, wow. didn't, I didn't read this one to you yet. <laughs> okay. And I haven't read it yet either. So we'll experience <laughs> we'll this together. together. Yes. Comment. Keely is awesome to see how God has moved in your life over the years. 
It's awesome. You are a loyal and faithful servant who is never afraid to tell others about Jesus. I hope your beautiful smile never leaves your face. The boys are so proud of you, and we love you so much. You could probably stop. Okay, yeah. well, that, that's it. No, okay, okay. Good. So, no questions. Woo! Just keep it there. No questions. Don't no, answer I'm just them. Kidding. Okay. I'm just kidding. When did you first feel that God called you to invest in kids slash youth mystery? <laughs> the mystery I give of up. youth. I give okay. up. They ministry. Are ministry. Ministry. And or they ministry. are. Yeah. And was it difficult to honor that call? Yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't remember a time that we really didn't have that as part of my life. Right. So um, at some point, like I said, at our church growing up, they just let you. Yeah, you whatever. did it. Yeah, and so you yeah. just served all yeah. the time. And so that's so not foreign to me. Um, and it is, it's only difficult when I try to get outside of what I was made to do. Yeah. And then burnout happens real fast for mm. me. So if I just stay in my lane <laughs> and what I'm supposed to be doing, which is hard for me because you want to do all the things. Right. So if I can stay there, um, it doesn't. it's not difficult for me. It's... I feel like they, people, if they can find their spot. Find like your what, sweet spot. Yeah. yeah. Find what God made you to do. It just doesn't feel like work. So, yeah. yeah. But he's probably thinking of all the difficulty things that I ask him to do when we've been in ministry. Yeah. <laughs> like, probably. girl, you struggled. And I'm sure that is when I was just right. trying to do more than I should probably oh. be doing. So. Okay. He has another question. Oh, no. One more question. How does it feel to be married to the lead singer of the Troy Oswald band? <laughs> How does it feel? Wow. Do you cry yourself to sleep at night? <laughs> it is an honor to be married to that man. It is a huge honor to be married to him. It is, yeah, it's amazing to lead our family together. And um, it's amazing to see how God has worked in his life and mine. And um, we're beyond blessed. So... It is an honor. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> okay. Lisa Lice wants to know, how does she keep that genuine love for happiness that comes through her? She is a true gem. Mm -hmm. People are so sweet. Because <laughs> you're sweet. <laughs> yeah, I look at That's you. That's your like sweet. Yeah, everybody's looking at you. Yeah. Like, so nice. Um, I just, we joke that I don't worry about things like, how everyone else's warriors and I just wasn't built that way. So I just yeah. can't worry, which is weird for most people, but that's not how I was built. And so like my lens is always like rainbow and sunshine. Mm. Um, if it's not, we're, we're in big trouble because the <laughs> world is broken at that point. But that's just how God, I'm pretty sure that's just how it was made. Yeah, you, so chose amazing. you chose yeah. a perspective. You chose a perspective. Perspective is my word of the this. year. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Because it's easy to get negative. So we yeah. try to stay in the world of gratitude. Yeah. yeah. Better that way. Yeah. D. Wigner, I really, I don't like pronouncing her last name either. <laughs> she wants to know, what are the future vision and goals for high school students and life students? Yeah, so I think we talked about it a little bit earlier, but um, right now I'm working really hard to just find leaders who um, just have a genuine love for kids and just want to figure out who are those kids and where can we help grow them in the Lord within the confines of who they already are, like who God already made you to be. What are your giftings that are already there and how can we help nourish those? Because if they understand that, the rest is easy. Like mm -hmm. the, they can do anything. And I think, like I said earlier, they can literally be people who change the world. Yeah. Right? Easier than old people. Not old. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm old, so I'm just yeah. like, like right. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think there's less just 
less stuff, less cynicism, less, less other stuff. And mm-hmm. so I think that that is easier. So, so the whole, the hope and the goal is that, um, I can pair good leaders with the students, um, in like-minded things. So again, if we wanted to have a hiking group, they can just, we're hiking today. Let's just be in relationship and we're going to teach fun. you Jesus and example Jesus while we're doing that. So that is my hope. Like um, mentors. Yeah. To some extent. Yeah. Small groups within that and then them building relationships among each other. That's cool. In a larger group setting so that they know that there are people like Eli going into high school had done soccer all summer mm-hmm. with those kids and seniors built into him. Um, and so going into school was far less intimidating, yes. you know, because there was yeah. a crew wherever you are, you know, there's somebody. And so people need that community. Um, so I want them connected to one another, but also to leaders because there's so much value and mm. so many people on a Sunday morning that could help develop those kids. They just don't know how to do it or they, or maybe they're waiting for permission. I don't know. Um, but like, ugh. Man, there's so much value that people can teach our kids that shouldn't just be a leader at a church. There's yeah. not enough. Yeah. There's not yeah. enough. So, so that's my hope is that we can figure out like what are the strengths of our people here and how can they build into the lives of our kids to help grow them. So it's maybe that. a lofty vision, but we're gonna work on it. It's a great vision. No, it's I love that vision. Yeah. It's exciting because again, it allows <laughs> it to evolve. Yeah. Because it evolves as if the needs of the kids and the yeah. understanding of the kids and the calling of God. So that's the yeah. greatest thing. And it's the expectation that we should all we should all be doing that for each other. So right. not just our kids. So right. yeah. Good. So Jenny, send us out with a number. Yep. What number can people be texting us at? 260-408-8383. That's seriously impressive. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you very much. You I didn't. I didn't. I know. Thank you very much. So the number that I just said is the number that we just got a bunch of questions from. So each week we uh, send out a message that informs who's going to be our guest. And, and a then picture. And a picture. Yes, I've, I've been doing that now. Yeah. So you connect the name with the face. But then that gives you an opportunity to be on our show by asking questions and engaging with the guests on there. And yeah, we love the questions. Today was awesome. Yeah, yeah but, that was great. Yeah. Yeah. So text the number and get on our podcast number, line, text number. <laughs> and we want to either like you respond to that or if you want to be a guest, if you know a guest, if you have a wild idea. We just, if you have a dare, oh my gosh, I've been really itching to do a dare. Do you remember that? That was so fun. So if you want to dare me, I will do it. Yeah, we'll go retro back to the old school days. And we're not limited to to this area. We can go anywhere. Yeah, right. Well, Keely, again, it's been great to have you on. Looking forward to see what God's going to do in the future. And I think that's the best thing. We don't really know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, to watch God work through you and the kids here at church and just what you guys are doing together. And so excited to see God move. Thanks for Thank coming you. on today. Thanks. thanks for sharing your story. Yes. And again, thanks everybody for joining us. Don't forget, share, like, post, comment. Help us get this podcast out to many people. So again, they can continue to get to know our guests and what God's doing and continue to see that God's still on the move doing amazing things, and we're trusting him for a great future. So Mm -hmm. thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.